welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're talking about The Club Season 1, Episode 2. Um, we learn a lot more about all of our main characters, and I'm very excited to hear Sophia's recap and see what she got from the show. <laughs> I am not drinking any tea. Me neither. Neither am I. Great. I my tea bags <laughs> ran out today. Absolutely killing it. <laughs> um, okay, so now... Uh, Sophia is going to take us through exactly what happened in this episode. With no interruptions, no interjections, no corrections. (laughs) (laughs) So the episode starts off with Matilda goes to uh, Celebi's house. because I'm I'm confused because they do the cuckoo clock, but I remember that was a callback I, too. Yeah, I don't know if it's a, is it his house or is it in his office? The cuckoo clock, I don't remember. I don't remember, but so we have the well, we start with the scene at the dinner table, mm-hmm. um, and we have what's he? I think it's young Matilda and her father and her brother. Yep. And basically, her father is telling her that she, um, that he wants to set her up with some guy, basically. Um, and her and she seems extremely not into it and so her brother goes to get some sort of cake and she gets up from the table and it seems like she's kind of ill I don't know if this is like foreshadowing that she's pregnant or something else oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so apparently it's that and then we have Matilda like we we go finally back to the scene from last episode where she tells Rachel that she's her her mother and Rachel has like a weird like laughy reaction but then of course we see her real reaction which is to get extremely pissed off yeah um like uncontrollably pissed off and so she runs out of the office and uh this is I forget the name of this guy it's like David David is like the the, yeah the guy who runs the orphanage yeah he's like you'll be fine like she'll eventually like you and then Rachel is like really upset and she's like playing with this memory box or like music box Mm -hmm. um but she's so angry that she breaks it and she's like get out of my life I don't want to have anything to do with you um so Matilda lives leaves the orphanage and then I think David's son comes behind her and says like you know she's just misunderstood like uh, she's an orphan and he's saying that you know Rachel got into trouble because she was trying to get Rachel's uh, Tasula's ID back um, so basically like well I'll say I'll say what I thought this scene meant in the <laughs> in the banter section but I had a different impression of what was going to happen and so uh, well also David invites Matilda over to Shabbat dinner so she's kind of excited about that. But she gets there to the club and Chelebi's like, well, no Shabbat for you. You need to work and you need to get this room clean, which is like kind, kind of like an impossible task, like the green room for the artists. She needs to get clean. And then, you know, the, the guys from the town are starting to realize that the club is kind of exploitative of them. Because like they realize that, for example, they don't let Matilda go to her Shabbat dinner 
or at least that's what I got from that scene. I don't know if I'm wrong. In that. Yeah, I mean the I forget his name, but not not Batia, the tall taller one, but the shorter mm-hmm. one who looks like Pete Davidson. He wants to go to Friday prayer. He's he's Muslim. He wants oh, right, to go to Friday right. prayers at the mosque. And he gets and is like, no, I'm not even letting Matsudo go to Shabbat. So you know, don't feel bad. I don't like I don't let anyone go to anything. Basically, is what he says uh, during working hours or even after working hours. Um, so yeah then then the cook uh, one of the cooks in the kitchen tells um the pete davidson looking uh child that <laughs> man child that uh you know that's just how chitty was just like basically to paraphrase chitty he's an asshole and uh you know god mm. can god knows that you wanted to pray but you know it's it's, it's how it is here kind of thing yeah. so i don't think i don't think they've caught on to the whole money exploitation slash i don't know if they ever do um but at least like they see that this man is an, an absolute despot and a jerk <laughs> yeah um and so then we have selim practicing for his performance but the dancer's performance is very ballet-esque um, which he's not into. So Selim basically like grabs one of the dancers and is trying to show like how they should be like more sexy, but he kind of just like sexually harasses the dancer in front of everyone. So it's extremely uncomfortable <laughs> um, for everyone. And like all the dancers are upset at him and like the choreographer is like, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? And it seems to me that he's just very awkward about how he does everything. Like he how he expresses himself like how he communicates with others seems like he has some sort of like social anxiety of some sort if you ask me but i don't know i mean it's that and also he's like very flamboyantly gay so like obviously he's not into the girls like he didn't mean to be harassing what he was trying to do is like tie his leg to her leg so he could move and then she would move and understand how she wanted to how he wanted her to move on stage but you know it was completely against any kind of social norm also even today you shouldn't like tie yourself to someone without asking permission so. well he also says like basically oh, yeah. like have you had sex have you had sex before and like yeah, all of these questions yeah. that obviously make all the dancers very uncomfortable yeah. but i had thought that he was kind of flamboyant but i wasn't entirely sure if that was i don't know like... if the show comes out and says this man is gay but like 100 percent like the, mm-hmm. the there's very strong implications that he is unmarried because mm-hmm of yeah but he can't come out because it's the 1950s in Turkey yeah obviously (laughs) um so then we have uh Matilda and Celebi like she finally has a room clean but he's like you forgot to dust this you like you missed a spot basically and so she's stuck without going to Shabbat he also makes fun of like Shabbat about like how she has to turn off her lights and like all these Jewish customs that I mean I I think are somewhat stereotyped somewhat true like turning off the lights and like not using the elevators or electric things um, i think that's true yeah yeah I mean, yeah i think well, like, but i think more like orthodox things, jews it like back then i'm sure most people most jewish people did that and nowadays yeah. most yeah. jewish people don't yeah. yeah right also depends on like the degree like the folks who identify as jewish and like pre- like will like they've retained the the traditional names and and all of that they haven't assimilated in turkey like they will be even today more devout and and i'm sure they do the shabbat and stuff now like there's of course like sammy said the the you know a a 
tons of people who who don't observe it. But I think if the community that Matilda is a part of on the show, like whatever remains of that tight knit community that still speaks Ladino, like I'm sure they they observe Shabbat because they're clearly tied to those traditions closely enough to retain um, a very old language. Um, but anyway, yeah, probably not the case for most anymore, like Sammy said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's mostly like Orthodox Jews that do a lot of these things today in the States, but I don't know. We could have another history section about that some other time. <laughs> um, so then Rachel's at dinner with like at Shabbat dinner and she apparently has a very close relationship with some of the other orphans, like the younger ones. And she like kind of takes them under her, under her wing. Like she goes and like, cuddles one of them to like go to sleep and she makes jokes at the dinner table and stuff and then Ismet he's driving his cab with like some American women on it and like they're hitting on him and like um yeah basically I mean hitting on him <laughs> um and he's like kind of he rejects them right yeah he rejects this woman who as does she have like a an English speaking accent because I felt like her Turkish was very soft. Um, they were both like I think both actresses are American or British, mm -hmm. like playing with an American accent when they speak English. And yeah, their Turkish was a disaster. So yeah, <laughs> so she, she like basically speaks Turkish to say like oh, yeah, I she couldn't understand what she was saying. You, I was like, I wish basically. I had the subtitles. I have literally no idea what's coming out of her mouth. <laughs> well, I feel like her American accent was also like that. So she was also weird. Yeah, I think she was. I think she is British, like the actress, or like nordic or something like she's not yeah. even american yeah in real life um but sophia so the the woman in the back was hitting on him but he already yeah. was sleeping was with the woman in the front yeah like they oh because she oh. was like do you want me to tell her i'm busy and she's like oh yeah I'll tell her you have a date tonight oh so definitely <laughs> she's not only with he's not only with um russia he right. had, like oh yeah that's he's 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 a play yeah. he's a snack he can't as we knew <laughs> he's peachy yeah, he's honestly peachy. <laughs> i don't find him that attractive i have to be honest but really oh, so oh my hot. god i think he's so handsome <laughs> yeah i wish he'd get rid of the mustache but what can you do yeah i hate yeah, the he's mustache super, he's super hot without the mustache extra super hot okay i'll take your word on it um so then we um change to a quite disturbing scene trigger warning chelebi is basically like having i don't know if i would call it non-consensual sex but like tasula is very not into it um i mean she's I doing it to get her job back. id back id back her, so yeah. it's, it's it's rape yeah it's she not did it. physically non-consensual but it is rape yeah yeah like i don't know how to say Horrible. that correctly but she's not fighting back but it's still rape yeah yes. she didn't say yes because yes means yes she didn't say yes <laughs> <laughs> this man yeah well, and the guy's also manipulating her, like withholding her exactly, ID exactly. and like her job and stuff. So quite disturbing. Um, so that like basically he just has sex with her body and he lights a cigarette and he's like, okay, I'll wait for you at the club at whatever time. And um these the two guys like live in the same boarding house that he lives, and they're like commenting on how, like, oh look one woman goes in and then she goes out and then another woman goes in and then she goes <laughs> um and then it's Matilda and she's asking for an advance because she needs a place to stay with her daughter um and Chelebi's like 
now like i'm not going to give you an advance um but i'll give you this room that's available and then of course she notices that he has the cuckoo clock in his office slash yeah i think it's office slash apartment i don't know like it definitely like is a callback for her to something which i'm just i'm I imagine that this is just a clock that there there was in her like childhood home where also they like stashed a lot of money. I think they show like that it was where they put the money away. And so Chelebi gives her this like small apartment and she's like, okay, fine. But only if I'm the only one who has a key to this room. Um, So she evidently is the only one that has a key. And then we see a flashback, and I think it's of young Chelebi. He was hired to work for the Aseo family. So it, th- my impression now seems that he was employed by her family to do something. But I don't know if I read that wrong. Um, yeah, he's just an, he's, he was an employee of the Aseo family, but it's not clear like yeah. what his job was. Also not that important, I think. Okay. Yeah, he just worked for them, yeah. And then it turns out that he also has like that weird bird cage with the initials on it in his office. It's still but on now the rooftop, it's... no? Oh. oh yeah. It's Is the that same... his office or the rooftop? It, it's the same. I think it's like either the same kind of tenement housing that he lived in when he was an employee um, or a kind of a similar setup where, you know, he's got a rooftop um, mm-hmm. access because all the people who work at the club stay in one apartment block. I don't know, but I don't, I, I, I'm still not sure if it's like where the Aseo family put up their employees because they make it seem like the basement apartment that he led Matilda to is the same as where he was led to, but it might just be completely mm-hmm. different blocks, but it was just like, you know, they're in, you know, decades apart, they were in the same position kind of a thing. Um, but I don't know if it was literally the same building um, okay yeah okay um and so then matilda goes to see rachel at the our orphanage and she tells her that now she has a room so rachel can stay with her whenever she wants um and Rachel is kind of like not having it being like well i don't want to live there like you like she gets really upset and basically says like i have no interest um in living with you or like having anything to do with you and she's like really upset she's she's very sad so she goes to see our friend peachy ismet um Mm -hmm. but first we have the girls like dancing to greece like they finally got what this guy wanted what is what selim wanted and it seems like everything's on track for the night show um and then this woman comes to the club looking for selim and Matilda like assumes basically that because this woman is his mother, Selim will want to see her. Um, and then Selim is like really excited to see Matilda. I don't know why he has like a special appreciation for her, but he's like, oh, you came to see me. And she's like, no, I work here, <laughs> but somebody's <laughs> here looking for you. Um, and so it turns out that he's does not like his mother calls him out and is like, we worked so hard for you had to have a degree and now you're just like a random singer. Like what's wrong with you? This is disgraceful for everyone. Um, like you ruined our family's reputation and like your father was right. You're never going to be anything like this horrible. I mean, classic kind of like really covered a lot of the yeah, insults and in like a 30 second rant. <laughs> yeah. 
it's very sad because it's like the typical insecurities you can get from your parents and these sorts of storylines um and he kind of also takes it out on matilda's like why did you let this woman in like go do your work like you laundry woman whatever and he obviously is like very very upset by everything um and so then everyone's at the synagogue for service i guess i don't even know because it can't be shabbat because shabbat already passed yeah it must be Um, just a different thing and they're very happy and like um when matilda shows up everyone's like what the hell and she like tells russia like i know i can't give you like what you want like those children who are all happy with their parents but you know i'm here now and i hope i can give you something basically um so she's still really upset about it rochelle and so she goes to peachy smith's cab and is like <laughs> let's just go anywhere like please i need to get out of here and then of course she's really upset but the thing that she doesn't know is that tasula sees her when she passes by the street and she's like oh this chick this is this episode is literally like tasula needs a hug there's just like so many things that happen to her so many people are rude to her and yeah. cruel to her <laughs> people suck so basically she's writing away and she's like telling ismet how like she's upset about her life and her parents but she says she has family issues and he's like oh well don't worry about your family i'm your family now <laughs> which okay sure after, yeah after like a total of like maybe four hours of interaction over yeah. the over the course of their, their introduction to each other yeah and basically he says like you know i hate my family too but like you know I, i've made my own life i've made my own family and then he like kisses her on the lips and she's like oh my god smitten like this is the guy for me little does she know um there's a lot of other women in this man's life um so then it's opening night finally and everything's like bustling in the in the club and like everything's ready all the dancers are ready um and but Selim is having a crisis and he is not gonna like basically he's not gonna go out on stage and then the club is full of journalists it's full of a lot of people um taking pictures and like reviewers and everything and you know it's a big night (laughs) And Selim is like frozen. He is he he's not going to make it. And so much. And I mean, I'm assuming it's because of what his mother told him. So Matilda's like there's like st- standing there, and like he goes up to the stage, and everyone's like, "Go on stage, go on stage," and he's like not like the music starts and everything, and he's not going on stage. So he's definitely not going to go on stage. Um. So then basically Matilda like tells him like decides to save him and she throws water all over the electric thingies and so the show is canceled because there's no electricity um and selim just like runs away who knows to where but he's like crazily running away and like very sad and freaking out and in the meantime like orhan is like where is this guy like what happened chelebi is like also very confused um and basically they know that the fuses must have been like damaged by someone else. And Chelebi like decides it's Matilda, obviously. And then our dear friends Ismet and Rachel are getting drunk and making out all over Istanbul, which is very scandalous, apparently, to some passersby. Um, 
and they're like whatever we don't care like we're a family we're together whatever they're like running through the streets and getting wet with the rain and like basically they make a joke at someone like you're not made of sugar you're not going to melt just because you get wet with rain um and i guess they have like a very romantic little story um and rochelle she, since she's drunk and like out and about like she knows she can't go back to the orphanage so when she when uh matilda gets gets back she sees her in the bed and she's like oh wow she's like super excited about it and like kisses her and like tucks her in and then uh, rochelle is like well anyway i know that you don't love me ismet is the one who loves me and like this obviously disconcerts matilda a ton like she's very confused um and then we see that the man she shoots has the same birthmark on his neck so i guess he's either matilda's i mean he has to be russia's father i'm guessing um and then we it cuts out and she's locking the bird thingy again and we see the initials and she walks away and then i think that's the end of the episode yeah it is I don't know if you called this out earlier, but the, when um, Chedevi is being led, young Chedevi is being led down to his basement apartment with by an older man. Um, that man's name is Mumtaz, which starts with an M, oh. which is M and M on oh. the. So, he's oh. also you know an employee um, of the family. So, that's not super super obvious. It's like blanket and you'll miss kind of a an audio foreshadowing but just want to call it out for listeners that we've seen the half of the m the other half of m&m in a capacity outside of potentially getting shot oh wow because so i had two conjectures about the birthmark one is that it's her brother and she also has the birthmark or the other is that it's um russia's mm-hmm. dad which probably makes the most sense Yeah, more will be revealed. Indeed. Into our gossip slash banter slash spilling the non-existent tea section. What do you guys want to chat about first? Um. So clearly, it seems like Chelabi has some sort of vendetta um, against Matilda and her family. Uh, which I don't know. I well, you guys already watched, but I don't know if there's like any sort of speculation about it. Like I have. I'm assuming that he was like an employee and was like mistreated or something. Initially, I thought maybe he was Rachel's father, but. I think it's interesting that he, he clearly wants to like make her life miserable, but he also like hasn't tried anything with her. Like we see what he's doing to Tasua and like, he's not daring to try that shit with her. And I don't know if that's because he like respects her or fears her or something I don't know but it's definitely a different from how he manipulates his other employees that's true I think but I think he has different manipulation things because he has like the scheme for the people from out of town and then 
Tasula, maybe he's interested in her physically, while whereas Matilda's like a bit older, so maybe that's not his type or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but he definitely seems to have like a specific vendetta against her, particularly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially since he has a photo with her in it in his drawer. But now at least she has a nice, well, not a nice, but a, 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 a place to sleep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. With the door. <laughs> yeah. I'm also kind of like confused about Matilda having a brother because like last episode, we discussed how probably like the family died out when she went to prison or like in the time while she was in prison. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what happened to her brother and everything. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's a very typical story to be into, like very wealthy family that eventually loses everything or like everyone dies and everything is lost. Like, like, for example, if you trace down, like, I don't know, the Vanderbilts to today, like there's Anderson Cooper and that's kind of it. (laughs) No, there, there's other, a lot of them are filthy rich still. Yeah. Really? Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. They've, yes. They're old, they're old landed money at this point. Yeah. They're not, they're not going anywhere. (laughs) That's weird. Where did I read that he was the last Vanderbilt? I guess it's not, well, maybe the the last name. The the Biltmore is still like owned by like the The Vanderbilts and they make, I mean, they, they, it obviously costs a lot of money to maintain it, but like they still make a ton of money off of it too. Um, so they might not have a shipping empire, but that, that, that 1800s robber baron money does not evaporate Disappear. easily. Yeah. <laughs> but I do, I still do think it's a very big trope in like TV shows and literature to have like the very wealthy family who eventually like ends up with nothing. It's kind of like a very yeah. go-to trope. It's basically Shit's Creek, this show. It's not. <laughs> I've never seen it. I really want to. Okay, so it, I tried a couple times because the first couple episodes, they're just all so hateful. I couldn't get through it. But once I got through that, it's like the best show of all time. There's nowhere to watch it here, sadly. So. Oh, that does suck. Okay, what do you guys think about Rochelle in this episode? I mean, you know that I kind of hate her. But like they clearly try to make her a little bit more likable with like her being nice to the orphan kids. And I do think she's in the right telling Matilda to fuck off. I think it's like very diametrically opposite postures. Like she's very upset with Matilda. And I I get that again. I think Matilda should have told her that she went to prison because like (laughs) I feel like that would help like oh I wasn't here just because I didn't care about you but I was in prison no I, th- I think she knows I think she knows about the prison probably not why you think um I think so yeah I mean they must be all gossiping about it right yeah all the women keep glaring at her everywhere so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah everyone's like don't let this convict near us she like I I would us. even I would even venture to say that Rashad knows that she her mom was in prison for murder but not i mean we don't know yet officially who she murdered either so i don't think she knows those details or why certainly not why Mm, true true um but i still think honestly like she's i feel bad saying this but i feel like she's kind of upset over nothing she's just like like her mom's trying to reconnect with her she's trying to bring her to live with her 
which I know it's a big change. It's a big shock. Someone you haven't talked to for years is like now coming to seek you someone out. You've li- someone you've never talked to yeah. <laughs> ever. Cause you were a baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, I get where Rochelle is coming from. I think she's probably in the right in this episode, even though I don't like her, <laughs> but at the same time, like, I don't know what she knows about Matilda's like sacrifice of going to Israel and taking this cleaning job in order to get her out of jail but like no she doesn't know yeah yeah Matilda should tell her that and then maybe she'll calm down stop screaming yeah I think what's happened with the show is also that they portray Matilda as much more likable than Rochelle yeah just because of like her behavior and she kind of like always has a sad face on which makes you feel like oh this poor woman she's suffered her whole life which we don't actually know at this point if that's true or not but I feel like that's how the show has portrayed her. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Rashad is this girl, like she takes advantage of her best friend. She goes and like sleeps, mm-hmm. well, not sleeps with, but like gets involved with her best friend's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like lies to her best friend's face. And then she's kind of devious. Um, but she's also kind of like rude to our favorite poor main character, Matilda, who has had a horrible life. Right, right. So I think it's, I mean, definitely the show is like staging it that way from my perspective. Yeah, I agree. And also this episode when um, Matilda like saves Selim by like whatever, blowing out the lights or whatever. I feel like like Matilda's likable scene is so much more likable than Rochelle making like a kid laugh, you know? (laughs) So there's no competition there, unfortunately. Yeah, true. I mean, you have to remember she's also like 16 years old. I mean, how how adorable, likable were either of you? No, no, no. It's a, yeah, it, in general, it's an unpleasant demographic of a teenage <laughs> girl to begin with. And then it's true. Yeah. Yeah, but on top I, I of definitely, that, all this baggage. I definitely think the show goes out of its way to portray her kind of negatively for now, up to, up to, up to now. I agree. I don't think I don't think so. I don't think it's like out of their way. I think it's a pretty realistic depiction of a, like I said, teenage girl who has a lot of shit. Like her mom came out of absolutely nowhere and is like, "I'm your mom now," and she's like, "What the fuck?" Which I would be too. Like you've not seen this woman in your life except as a baby, and you don't remember. Um, And no one talks about her because it's clearly they're all like, "She's the shame of our neighborhood." (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, how would you feel if? So what they've gossiped about for the entirety of your life uh, comes out of the woodwork and is like inserting herself in your life now um, when you're on the cusp of adulthood and like already, um, you know, trying to have like, I mean, she's not an adult yet, but she's acting like one with like having this fling with Ismet, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So got this extreme independent spirit coupled with hormones, coupled with trauma, <laughs> you get you get her you get Russia I mean she's definitely truth like the portrayal is very truthful I think yeah. to what someone who's that age and in that situation would, would react like but the deviousness with the Tasula thing yeah well it that's kind of like what I think is the show's like doing to show her as like openly devious even though like probably like this is the first guy that has paid attention or like one of the first guys that has paid attention to her given that she's 16. So like she's uh, other than craving- David, David's poor well, yeah. son who's like Aww. just so in love with her. So cute. <laughs> yeah. 
but she's probably like craving the attention of like an older man yeah. and i don't know true did you guys talk about the birthmark reveal mm-hmm. yes okay yes i i shared my conjectures that i think it's either <laughs> um matilda's brother or Russian's father probably the latter mm-hmm. i thought it was really funny like this is not plot related at all, but the idea that dancers are like prudish is such a funny concept, you know? Like they were like horrified at some of the dancing that he was having them do. I don't know, I thought that was funny. I think also uh, if we talk about Ismet and his um, endeavors, I don't know, I honestly, maybe I'm kind of dumb, but like I assumed that he was being (laughs) sincere. But obviously, he's just a very sweet talker kind of person. Um, but I kind of feel bad for Russia because she feels like I think she doesn't have anyone in her life that she can trust. She's probably thinking that this is the one, the guy that's going to save her and change her life. Um, and she's only 16, so she's very gullible, too. So I just feel really bad that she's in that situation because that guy's clearly like not into her very much or like into her but like he's not going to be like in a relationship with her or like loyal to her yeah yeah Yeah, i mean she knew that when she started pursuing him but yeah i'm sure that that has now escaped her mind yes especially because when they were both drunk um uh he said something about like he was yelling in the street about how he loves her but like does he no probably not yet Mm -hmm. (laughs) that might develop but um but she heard it and she was drunk and her mind was cloudy and who knows what she took out, took away from that. Probably like, you know, time, like, like Sophia said, tethering too much hope onto him at this point. Yeah. That's quite worrisome. I know you guys talked about the, the house that Chelly is in, but I wanted to save this for this section, but I think he's in Matilda's old house like her family house right is in Matilda's old house yeah I thought I think he just has the cuckoo cuckoo clock I think he just has a cuckoo clock I don't think he like the school I I I, yeah I don't think he's like in the house you think he just has the clock yeah or a clock yeah that looks like it okay (laughs) I just don't know why like how would how on earth would he like have that house and like her not have a stronger reaction to being in the house like she, she did not have like the reaction was to the clock but it wasn't like oh i'm walking into my house that's true that's true yeah yeah it was definitely to the clock yeah so that foreshadowing scene at the start where she's sitting with her father and her and her brother i don't know like i understand that's setting up something but i'm very curious about like how like obviously i guess it's bad that she's married out that she has she's gonna have a baby out of wedlock and she can't tell her father um and her father wants to marry her off to some dude i don't know i i just i like that scene i thought it was cool that they like went back into her past and i'm very intrigued about what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. i thought it was really nice how the show linked um friday prayer and shabbat I feel like that's like the first time I've seen that in this kind of show. 
And it's nice because it's the same thing. <laughs> and, to, and to show the Pete Davidson boy. <laughs> He's so like, cute. Uh, yeah, helping her with the cleaning. So she gets, I mean, she doesn't make it for Shabbat still, but at least she's not there like all night. Yeah. Um, to clarify, I think this uh, boy is cute. I do not think Pete Davidson is cute. Just want to make sure we clarify. Yes. Come on, That's Pete Davidson is our generation's Warren Beatty. Uh. <laughs> obviously i'm being sarcastic but i he there's something about him that's apparently there is, there is, really strange, there, is yes, there is a strange charisma that i don't see yeah that exists yeah interesting <laughs> yeah someone who boasts about living in his mom's basement interesting <laughs> um anything else for this section no, I think not. Okay. So now we're well, going to no, wait. I have, I have a question. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just remembered. <laughs> so obviously I haven't watched the rest of the show, but I wonder what's going to happen with Selim. Like I understand that he got rattled because his mother came up to him, but I feel like this has been like building up. And I wonder if he's going to be able to be on stage after, or if he's just screwed now. Cause like it, he, it's, he, it seems like his character is like the stereotype that ruins every chance they get. <laughs> yeah I I think I mean I think he's I would say more than that he's just the stereotype of like the artist and like he's very um almost like manic like mm -hmm. so sometimes he's very high and sometimes he's very low yeah um so yeah we'll see if he's able to bounce back from this but luckily Matilda got him out of there with a good excuse <laughs> So now we're going to move on into the history section where we're going to talk about Istiklal Street, which is the street where a lot of our stuff is happening and where the tram is and all that fun stuff. Um, and it's had a lot of different iterations over the years. So I think it'll be a good topic. Do you want me to take it away? Okay. <laughs> okay. So I don't have an exact year on when um, Istiklal avenue or jatis in turkish um was first built it's existed for i mean it's existed throughout the ottoman period for sure i'm guessing therefore in the uh, byzantine period too um so istiklal right now is the name of the street it's had multiple uh, iterations as sammy mentioned um its current name means Independence Avenue. That's what Istiklal means, and and Jatis means Avenue. Um, it also used to be called the the Grand Avenue of Pera, or the in French the Grand Rue. As Sophia can pronounce it better. Um, <laughs> and uh, also in Ottoman Turkish, Jatte i Kebir, uh, which is what they actually call it on on this show, even though. The show is taking place after the 29th of October, 1923, which is um, uh, Turkish uh, Republic Day, the day that the Republic was declared. So technically from that day onward, the street was known, was officially called Independence Avenue. But, uh, you know, as, as anyone who's lived in a city where a major uh, street or a major, uh, you know, park, part of city life 
changes names, it's not adopted super quickly. So I'm guessing that's why it's, you know, even though there are a few decades into the new name, uh, a lot of the older generation, especially the adults in the show are calling it uh, Um, There's also a Greek name that I will definitely butcher. I'm sorry to any Greek listeners. Uh, Megali Odos to Peran, but again, you hear the Pera in the in the Greek name as well. So Pera, what is Pera? We, I think we've talked about it a bit in our prior uh, podcast episodes. I'm not sure if it was in uh, The Protector or with uh, Love 101, but we've definitely talked about Beolo, the district Beolo before, and Galata. Uh, so Pera is synonymous with uh, Beolo. It was the old name for the district, um, still used. Um, there's also a new Netflix show out, out called Midnight at the Pera Palace Hotel. That's also in this in this neck of the woods. Um, we'll hopefully get to that in, in this series as well later um, in, in our podcast series, I should say. But the street basically cuts through um, the top of the hill that Beolu is perched on. And it stretches from Taksim Square, which um, some lists, or I think pretty much all listeners would know most uh, unfortunately and famously from the 2013 Gezi Park uh, protests, uh, the Taksim Square and this whole length of Istiqdal uh, Avenue were the epicenter of those, of those protests. So Taksim Square is one terminus of Istiqdal Avenue, the other is Tunad Square, um, the square in front of Tunad, which we've actually also talked about in a prior episode of this podcast in our history section. And Tunad is, of course, the 150 plus year old um, funicular that goes, that takes uh, travelers down from uh, the, the end of Istikdajatis down the hill to Galata and Karaköy, uh, much more convenient, and up, more importantly, up that hill. So important. <laughs> so important. Yeah. So much you know, laziness. So important. Yeah. It's a very steep hill, um, to be fair to everyone, including us, who's taken that <laughs> funicular. So Istikdajatis, of course, unsurprisingly, connecting because it has always connected two very important landmarks slash squares. Um, has been a major commercial center for pretty much its whole history. There was a little bit of a um, downturn of the area in the 70s and 80s, but even so, it was still a commercial area even then. It was just more of the seedy bars, nightclubs type of district um, in that period. But like I said, people were still coming to spend money um, and, and, and entertain themselves. So that the spirit of the street has now really changed over the centuries. Um, nowadays, there's a lot of, um, a lot less than there. I think we're also going through a little bit of a downturn period now. Like when the three of us were in Istanbul in the mid 2010s, very vibrant street, tons of international stores and restaurant chains. And we even had a Shake Shack. Um, there was a Starbucks there, I think a couple Starbuckses all kinds of chain um, stores. Now it's a little, those, a lot of those stores have moved out, unfortunately. Turkey's economy is not in the best shape. Um, and there was also a, a suicide bombing um, on Istiklal Jatis in, I think, 2016, where five tourists um, were killed. So it, that, all that plus the Gezi Park protests, um, 
you know, not that that was fully in support of, by the way, what the what the protest stood for. But I think starting with that, and then a few years later, the terrorist attack and the overall economic downturn in Turkey has led to us currently being in a bit of a slump period for istikdajetisi um, in terms of kind of the number and caliber of stores and restaurants um, and, play, and and museums and hotels, but it's still a major artery of the city. It's a pedestrian thoroughfare, definitely worth checking out when you visit Istanbul. Um, the architecture is interesting. It's kind of a grab bag of styles. Um, there's a lot of late Ottoman era buildings, but those late Ottoman era buildings were kind of you know, designed and whatever <laughs> the architect who designed the particular building seemed to want to include. So there's neoclassical, um, there's Art Nouveau, there's Beaux-Arts, there's Renaissance Revival, there's a, a Catholic church. I think, it might, I think it might actually even be a cathedral officially. I know you have to have the throne, the cathedral to be a cathedral. I believe it's a cathedral, uh, St. Anthony's. Um, and then Galatasaray High School, which is the second oldest high school in Turkey, is all, is right kind of in the middle between Taksim Square and Tunez Square. Um, you've also got the now it's called the Nostalgic Tram. Um, in the time that the that the club takes place, it's a very functional tram that people actually use. And the tram system in Istanbul was, uh, or the streetcar system, I should say, was much more expansive than at least in the old part of the city. Now there's still a tram. It's very modern um, in, in other parts of the city, but this kind of red classic streetcar is maintained more for more for touristic appeal and just vibes, <laughs> I would say, vibes. than for than for like actual use. Um, because there are there is a subway stop at Taksim Square and there's a subway stop at uh Shishane, which you connects you one of the exits connects you pretty much directly to Tunas Square. So there's really no need um, for the streetcar, just, you know, for pure public uh, transportation reasons. But again, vibes, uh, love to see it, uh, you know, I don't know what the right word is. I don't know, slowly crawling down. <laughs> not, not very fast. Um, let's but see. It looks what... Yes, yes, for, for sure. Um, there's a lot of embassies as well. Uh, I should say embassies, consulates. It's not the Istanbul is not the capital of Turkey. They're not embassies. They're consulates. Um, Russia's is close to Tudan, I remember. It's also <laughs> been the site of several protests um, in recent, <laughs> not only weeks and months, but also years. France's is right by Taksim Square. There's uh, the French, um, I forget what it's called, but the, the uh, kind of the French language institute, whatever the official name of that is, that has a it's 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 office is right next to the French consulate as well. And there's a lot of kind of French cultural events down down on that side of the street. Um, and I'm looking at Wikipedia, Greece, the Netherlands, Spain, Sweden, and the UK also have their consulates on the street. Um, what else do we have? We've got, I mentioned uh, uh, St. Anthony or San Antonio di Padova um, Catholic Church, as well as Santa Maria de Paris. There is the Hagia Triada Greek Orthodox Church, and there are several Armenian churches, um, the largest one um, being the Uchoram Church. Um, I think there's, it, this, the Wikipedia lists synagogues and mosques. Um, there is 
a big mosque that was just built on Taksim Square, actually kind of one of the reasons for the Gaza Park protest was all the construction planned uh, for Taksim Square. And I think that was one of the projects that um, was eating up green space um, that led to the protests in 2013. But anyway, now it's been built and there's other mosques along the street, it says. I don't specifically remember seeing a lot of mosques or even some of the churches I mentioned from the other denominations. Um, directly on the street, but there are tons of passage or passages um, that connect the main thoroughfare with back alleys, side streets, et cetera. So my guess would be that some of those religious uh, sites are accessible through those. Speaking of passage, there's a really notable one called the uh, Flower Passage, Chichek Passage. Uh, in the first, I think the first episode of The Protector, yes. we see it. Notable um, also, for murder in yes. The Protector. Yeah, and also, um, I believe in Love 101, the disastrous date between oh, yeah. Eda and that asshole who ambushes the gang in the science lab. Yep, yep. I think that's also in Chichik Plasages. So it's very, it's very um, picturesque, that particular passage, lots of cute restaurants within it. Um, so does, it's not, it's not shocking that it comes up. It's come up already in two TV shows we've um, reviewed on this podcast. And then I think the last thing I'll say is that another dark, you know, the, 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 Giza Park protests were dark only that the government response was so violent against them. Like I think, the, like I said, the spirit of the protest 100% support it. Um, but the tragedy were, of course, how many people lost their lives or got injured or, um, you know, were met with highly pressurized water cannons and um, tear gas by the authorities. I think, yeah, the response of the authorities was the tragedy um, with the Gezi protests, but it was a strong kind of rallying moment in Turkish democracy. But I would say overall a, a darker chapter <laughs> in Istiklal Avenue's history. And I would say, uh, to my knowledge, the, you know, one of the darkest chapters, if not the darkest chapter, um, we will unfortunately um, see it in the show um, down the line, no spoilers, um, is the 1955 um, Istanbul pogrom. Um, where there was a lot of pillaging on, Ist on Istiklal Avenue. Uh, a lot of shops owned by minorities were destroyed. It's been called Turkish Kristallnacht, a uh, very disturbing uh, few nights. I think it's three nights of events um, uh, and persecution. So we will, uh, it will be addressed in the club. And it, yeah, like I said, probably to my knowledge, the darkest chapter in Istiklal Avenue's history and one that uh, Turkey is slowly, a Turkish society at large is uh, very slowly coming to terms with, thanks, thanks in no small part to this show. Um, so, I'm, you know, we will talk about that uh, horrible uh, three days in a future episode, I imagine a future history section, but wanted to obviously mention it because it's so awful and so important, um, especially to this show. That's all I got. <laughs> awesome. On a lighter note, I want to shout out my favorite restaurant on Istiklal, uh, which is Fitchin. There's like, oh, yeah. it's so confusing because there's like maybe four different storefronts that are all Fitchin and they maybe have the same menu, maybe not. Slightly different, slightly, slightly different. But yeah. Yeah. really good food, really fair prices, highly recommend if you're wandering around on Istiklal, which you will be if you go to Istanbul. 
and the and the um just to clarify uh fujin is like it's like circassian food so it's like in the cauc the caucasus east very far eastern turkey um similar to if anyone who's listening has had georgian armenian kind of food it's it's uh it's very much that so it's not your typical uh cliche you know kebabs that you can get everywhere else um so really really it, like i wholeheartedly agree with sammy's endorsement um probably my favorite too all right awesome going to move on into our favorite and final section which is what the fuck sultan of success and fatima's hit list and sophia you've turned into a giant green screen are you there <laughs> oh she's there yes, wow. <laughs> it's my her. it's my screen my protector against people hacking into my webcam oh um, that yeah scary. Don't, please don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People, please don't, don't do that to anyone. It's so rude. <laughs> quite Stop rude, it. quite illegal, quite worrisome. Okay, so WTF, we've touched on most of mine already. I'm going that lady's American accent. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think she's going for like old timey, which is so an accent, yeah. but yeah, it sounds very odd. What the fuck to Rochelle's banging? Just please stop. Please stop shouting. Please stop banging. Just stop. And then my final what the fuck is that old Istanbul is so clean. Like the streets are pristine. It's incredible. That is a good what the fuck because I am sure it wasn't. It looks like everything has just been power washed. It's amazing. True. Yeah. I think my what the fuck I have to say to Ismet, I trusted you and you broke my trust. I don't like you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And also Selim disappointed me, I have to say. Like, I know he's going through some emotional stuff, but honestly. He's a mess. Like, he's a mess. Sad. (laughs) Sultan of unsuccess. Aw. (laughs) Do you have any, Eski? No, just that Tosula needs a hug. Yeah, she really does. Matilda like, did not need to step yeah, up. Yeah, but Matilda down. just like scolded her for no reason. I know. Oh, I've, I don't think I said that in the recap, but that was, re- I, I thought, I really thought that that scene was going to end and Matilda going to Tasula and being like, you know, you're close to my daughter. Like, tell me more about her. Like, how no, can I get close like, to her? <laughs> Stay away from my daughter. <laughs> yeah, that would have yeah. been a good scene for her to have. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that would have made sense it would. But i do kind of like it for because just because like if matilda had sensed that tesla was having a rough day and like comforted her that would have just like made her like too angelic like uh, you know she, at least it showed a bit more of a human side to her of being like uh, you know stay away from my daughter. yeah yeah like just ma- you know like like anyone making assumptions without knowing the full story yeah. and being rude as a result of it it was very mm-hmm. it was it made her seem much more human than every other scene where we've seen her be like sacrificing everything and mm-hmm. all that <laughs> true okay sultan and success i think matilda in some way she got a house she, got a house. she <laughs> saved salim she got her daughter to go and stay with her even though she doesn't know it's because she's drunk, but yeah. 
Although she should smell the drunkenness on her. Yeah, for sure. That's okay. But yes, I agree. I think that's our sultan of success. And Fatma's hit list should be equally unargumentative. It's Chalabi, right? Yeah, because he literally yeah. raped someone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Netflix, how are you getting on with those trigger warnings? Because that just like transitions. Yeah. Well, there was no warning at the start of the episode, you know, like, for example, in 13 Reasons Why or whatever, I think we discussed it. Like, yeah, they have a huge warning, like suicide trigger. They warning. didn't do right. they didn't do that till like there was massive uproar, though, after the first yeah. season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. OK, so congratulations to Matilda for being our sultan of success. Hopefully your upward trajectory continues, but kind of doubt it. Um, watch out to Chelevi. You're our official big bad of this show going forward. And we hope Fatima comes to get you with her hacked off broom handle. She could work at the club. No problem. Oh yeah. She would fit right in. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for listening. And next time we'll be watching and talking about the club season one, episode three. Talk to you guys next time.